What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning Certified Wrench Podcast. I'm your host, Colton McCormack. So before we get into today's episode, I wanted to kind of talk about the podcast a little bit. I am thinking about changing the format just a little bit. You know, something a lot of people won't really even notice, but I'm going to kind of change up um, intros, outros, how I go about things, guests I want to bring on. You know, as I've said in the past, you know, service managers, parts people, all kinds of stuff. So that's going to be kind of changing. You know, I got to, it's going to be the same old thing. You know, we're going to talk about people's backgrounds, their stories of like how they started out, how they got to where they're at now and what they're doing now, like future plans, all that good stuff. You guys already know the deal. Um, But I just wanted to change it up a little bit. You know, it's been the same old thing over and over and over. And a lot of people like it. A lot of people are like, eh, it's okay. Um, But, you know, with this thing growing, um, I want to make it better and better and better. So with that being said, you know, a few things are going to change here and there. You might notice, you might not notice, you know, intros might change a little bit, outros uh, in between. I don't know, different types of guests, which I'm excited for that because I really enjoy talking to certain people, you know, bullshitting with them. Like today's guest, super cool, super knowledgeable, open-minded, and, you know, uh, really enjoyed talking with this person. So even though I didn't really do too much talking, my wife did most of the talking. It was pretty sweet. Anyway, uh, the Certified Wrench is going to be, um, we're going to be doing more lives probably weekly, if not bi-weekly. Um, heavy wrench Phil, he's, you know, on YouTube, on Instagram, I think Facebook, I'm not sure. He's really stepped out of the YouTube live game. You know, we used to sit around and bullshit on live every Saturday night, but he, he's really stepped away and there's been a lot of requests for YouTube lives from me. So, um, you know, I got all set up to do it and, uh, I'm hoping to be able to do it all the time for everybody because it seems like you know everybody can come together and just bullshit about stupid stuff or just have a good time and i'm here to do that for you guys so with that being said um hopefully every sunday night maybe saturday nights i don't know yet um i've already got an intro put together everything's set up we just got to figure out a time and day and how we're going to make this happen and I, I do plan on bringing a guest on you know sometimes maybe recording it for a podcast because Sometimes they turn out really good. So anyway, let's get into today's episode. Uh, we brought Stevie Tar on. She is a operations manager out of Washington. Super cool chick. Um, started out from not knowing a damn thing to, you know, running a whole shop. And uh, I admire her for that. She did it within a few years. And it was super fun to just sit down and talk to her with my wife and, you know, and hear what she had to say. So, anyway, let's get to it, guys. All right, we're recording. Drink my Red Bull when you're ready. <laughs> well, we're, let's go. Uh, anyway, I'm sitting here with the wife. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> and uh, on the screen, we're sitting here with Stevie Tar. What's up, lady? Hello. How's it going? So, uh, you know, we've discussed in the past, or I've discussed on this podcast, you know, I, I want to change it up. I just don't want all mechanics on 
I just am sitting far away because oh. you always get mad at me because you say I breathe too loud. Oh. And I'm sure I breathe extra loud now being fat. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like sitting it's over here like looking at me. <laughs> um, anyway, I w- I've been talking about changing up the format of the podcast quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired of listening to whiny mechanics all the time. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, you know, we, I wanted to bring on shop techs which I've done, uh, service managers, parts people. So I'm changing it up today. Decided to bring on a operations manager, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, so let's just dive into it. Uh, I don't really know how to do this, so we're just going to wing it. (laughs) How about Stevie? Why don't you get started with us and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got where you're at today? Oh, time out. By the way, the wife's kind of taken over on this one because she's gangster. Um, so she's going to handle more of this. I'm, I'm going to chime in and ask questions, but I'm so glad you have that much faith in me today. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Let's talk, let's talk about you a little bit. Introduce yourself and uh, what you do now and a little bit of background. Um, so what I do now is I'm operations manager at a fleet mechanic shop um, focused on heavy diesel stuff. I went to college, um, played basketball, and wanted to be a sportscaster. <laughs> and that was like the dream. I wanted to be on ESPN, do all of that every sport out there. That was, that was my jam. Um, from there I was like, okay, don't want to do this anymore. I want to go be a teacher and a coach, like a high school English teacher and coach. That's what, that was the dream. So I'm getting, I was going to say, I applaud that you chose high school is what you wanted to teach. (laughs) Because I mean, most people would be like, give me the kindergartners. I'd rather fist fight a kindergartner than deal with teenagers. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I, well, high school, I mean, kids are crazy in high school, right? So you get to see young minds actually coming to fruition with something. You get to see them with a lot of different ideas. Um, the technology that we have today, these kids are wild with it, wild with it. So high school, I was like, this would be, this was what I wanted to do. Um, and then coach obviously, cause I played basketball, for 14 years and it was like yeah i'll coach now i will say um, like technology has changed the game big time because our 13 year old will talk to us about stuff like that he's got and i'm just dumbfounded <laughs> sometimes and then later in the evening i'm like googling like what it is and i'm like oh oh what the hell <laughs> <laughs> right yeah my 10 year old same way she uh she got her first cell phone this year and i was like what the what is happening right now i didn't get a cell phone until i was like 16 in high school yeah and it was a flip phone yeah i had the nokia brick that you could play football with and like it would not break and i think i played snake on it more than anything and i remember the first month or two that I had it, I gave my parents a poor heart attack because they had zero idea. This was back when like you had to pay per text message. And I, I, yeah. And I think (laughs) at that time they were like, how much texting could she realistically do? How many phones do her friends have? You know? And I think one time my parents got like almost a thousand dollar phone bill and I thought my dad was going to like implode on himself. And I got the phone (laughs) taken away for a while. (laughs) 
Yeah, I remember those days. I same thing happened to me because at first I was like, "What is this texting thing? I don't know." Well, this is cool. And yeah, obviously now yeah. everybody uses it on the regular. Text me, don't call me what now. Is the, what yeah. was that called? T nine texting. Yeah, I could do yes, it. T nine was the best. I could do it without looking at my phone at some point. Fuck. And like the my Nokia didn't even have like numbers or letters on the gel keypad thing at one point because it was that. <laughs> yeah. You just remembered it. It was all memorization. Jeez. Yeah, I had high school teachers who would we we got so good at just staring at them, but still texting. Yes, yeah, it was horrible. It was bad. But I went from there. Um, obviously, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> um, so I have my degree in communications, and which is I don't use it. I mean, I. Same. I guess I use it. We all communicate every day. That's but. true. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I met my husband and we had our first daughter and I was working at Starbucks at the time. And this guy, one of my regulars kept coming through the line and he was like, I want you to come work for me. And I'm like, okay, weirdo. I don't know you. <laughs> like, sure. And here's your coffee. <laughs> Continue on. Absolutely. <laughs> he didn't have like a business card that he gave me or anything. <laughs> so I was like, whatever, weirdo um, comes through again the next week when I'm working. And he's like, you never called me because he just wrote his phone number on a napkin. And I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, what do you do, dude? He's like, well, I'm the business manager at, at uh, the Plumbers and Steamfitters Union. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> and my husband was an iron worker at the time and um, he's a millwright now, but he was like, Oh yeah, you know, this is what they do. Yada, yada, yada. I didn't know a whole lot about the trades other than what my husband did at that time. And so I called him, um, got an interview and became a secretary at the union hall. Nice. And the gal that hired me, who was the lead secretary, is actually now one of the owners of the company I work for. Wow. So, okay. kinda, yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy there. Definitely um, shows that there's room for growth within that company to go from like a secretary to an owner. Well, so, no. so oh. she was a secretary at the union oh. hall. Oh, okay. 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 Got it. <laughs> her husband now own the mechanic shop that I run. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so she was there for a lot of years, loved her job. She hired me there. Um, I got pregnant with my second child, left the union hall, and we left that area completely, moved away. And so I was just going to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> um, at that time, my husband was working on the road as a millwright, so he was gone all the time. Um, I'm talking he'd be gone for two, three weeks, sometimes all the way down in Nevada you know, Montana, all different places down in mines where I couldn't call him, Yeah, you know, things like that. Um, and after we had our second, he was like, I'm done. I'm not working on the road, watching our kids grow up in pictures. And I was like, dope, come home. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I applaud uh, you for being a stay at home mom for that long. Cause I remember telling Colton, I was like, I think I could tolerate that for maybe two two months max and after that I would I would lose my mind probably because I had probably a month gap between when I left deer and I moved to cat and after about two weeks I was like 
Okay. I the, I don't know what else to do with myself at this point in time. And she was an yeah. asshole. hundred percent. There was no more house well, I could and clean. I, I, Go ahead, what? There was no more house that I could clean. <laughs> Absolutely. So for us, you know, he was on the road all the time. So I did what I needed to do and, and that was stay at home with the with the girls. Um, our kids are about four years apart. And so um, I stayed at home while he was on the road and I get this call about a year after we moved up here and it's my old, old boss at, from the union hall. And she was like, are you ready for a job? And I'm over here like, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> and cause I was going crazy a little bit, you know, you can only clean so much. And then husbands, they're like, why are you coming up with all these kooky ideas? Like do something better with your time. <laughs> I already come up with kooky ideas and I am not a stay at home mom. That's probably why I chose the fixer upper house instead of the new house. <laughs> we Shit have that. a fixer upper house too. And it's <laughs> a journey. <laughs> it never fails that it seems like the house um, always decides it needs to be fixed when we're either a short on cash B, we have people coming to visit or something important coming up and it never fails like that is the time it's going to do something. Absolutely. 100%. Or we actually finally have cash and we're doing okay and then it decides to. And then you're like, cool. Well, I thought I was going to do something fun, but let's replace. We had to just replace our oven. And unfortunately, we have a downdraft oven and I don't know. If you guys know much about no. those, I didn't know anything about them until I had to buy one. <laughs> what and is that? So there's no hood range on the top. Okay. And so everything is pulled with a fan down below and out. <clears throat> Ours is kind of like that, but a little bit different because we have an upstairs. So I'm learning something new today. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is the crazy part about that is so we went to look at stoves and we were like, cool. $1,700. No big deal. We get home. My husband's like, yeah, we have a downdraft stove, honey. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> He's like, it means we ha we can't buy the stove that you wanted. Okay. Well, so we start looking. There's only two companies who make downdraft stoves. Oh, goody. In the, in the entire world. Okay. Oh, two companies. Yeah. So you have Gen Air and KitchenAid and you're looking at $5,000 a stove. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then on sale. Oh, oh, that's the sale price. Wow. All right. Okay. So, yeah. So I understand that. Um, one of the things that I can say, obviously, about most mechanic and what I've heard that Colton does at home with remodeling your guys' house and stuff, I tried to pay for convenience for my husband. And I was like, oh, we'll pay for the install and they can just do it while you're home and you can watch them. They drop off the stove and they're like, we can't install down drafts. <laughs> <laughs> so he spent his day off getting all the supplies and installing this down draft stove. <laughs> that was that was like poor Colton just recently with our AC going out and Oh <laughs> I'm now a fucking licensed HVAC technician. <laughs> Thankfully, yes. thankfully, our really sweet, our, our neighbor down the hill, they have a good friend who does a lot of AC work and his name's Bob. We love Bob. 
And I called Bob at like eight, eight o'clock at night. I knew he wasn't going to answer, but I was at least going to try to get first in line for the next day. And we had found, thankfully, parts, but then we had to figure out where to get the parts, which thankfully one of my co- co-workers was like, hey, here's the place. Go get it. So funny fact, I called to get the parts and they gave me a quoted price, told me how much it was, told me they'd set it aside. He goes and picks it up and it was like $60 cheaper than what they told me on the phone. I was like, you scumbags. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Well, but they didn't that, sell me everything I fucking needed But back to your story now that we're done rambling over here. <laughs> so, yeah, so I understand that. But she called me and she was like, she, my youngest was a year. And I was like, you know, I, I should probably start looking back for a job. But right now this is where I need to be. So tired of cleaning my house. My brain has to have things going on. If it doesn't, I go stir crazy. Uh, I literally painted my whole house, like the whole thing by myself, just because I needed something to do. And my house was ugly. I mean, (laughs) it was a really dingy gray, very cold feeling. And my walls are yellow now. So my husband came home one time, he was gone for two weeks and he was like, Oh, you finally painted the house. Did you? I was like, need something to do. So she calls me and she says, uh, we're opening a shop and we want you to partially run it. And I said, I don't know what that means. She goes, well, we just want you on the money side. We want you to be the bookkeeper. Okay. I said, okay, sounds good. Like, what are we talking here? She was like, well, I can't pay you what you were making at the hall because yeah. we're just opening up. And I was like, I don't care. I just need something to do. What are the hours? <laughs> She was like, you can bring your daughter to work. Oh, number wow. one. My daughter's one years old. Yeah. You can bring your daughter to work. My other one, she's going into kindergarten. So that works out, right? So I was like, sold right there. I can bring my kid with me into the office. And um, she was like, like four hours a day. Okay, cool. No big deal. Yeah. I can do that. I don't know how to do QuickBooks. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I learned, obviously I learned pretty quick and fast and I was the bookkeeper and there was three of us total at the shop. So there was me and the shop manager and then a technician. And that's all that we had to start out with, (laughs) which is, I mean, it worked. We had, we were poor, so we didn't have any tools. We had like your waste buckets. (laughs) We had a lift. And then the owner of our company sent his toolbox up and was like, you guys use, and it's a big ass snap on toolbox yeah. has everything you could ever need in it. Right. So <clears throat> you guys work with what you got. And as you start rolling in, get what you need as we go. Okay. So, um, we started building on a couple national accounts that we had, um, at our other location and, kind of went from there. Um, so it was the three of us for, I want to say about nine months, six, six to nine months. And then we finally hired another technician. We got our groups underneath us, hired another technician. I was still bookkeeping. My daughter loved going to the shop. She's literally raised in the shop like that. (laughs) And I have pictures of her sleeping in my filing cabinet because she needed nap time. (laughs) Right. So I love it. (laughs) We did. 
Um, so long story short, we get three texts in there, shop manager, that shop manager manager ends up leaving. And my boss is like, okay, it's all on you. At that point, I dabbled a little bit in service writing. Yeah. Um, but not, like not a whole lot. I did mostly all the billing accounts, payable accounts, receivable, that kind of stuff. And he is one of those bosses that's like, he looks at you, he sees the potential, you're at the edge of a dock, he's going to shove you into motionless <laughs> waters and say, sink or swim kind of guy, <laughs> um, which I like that style because it's not micromanaging. It's not holding your hands back. It's not giving you a, you have to do it this way. I was going to say, there's so, some people that do very well with that of the, I've kind of shown you the basics. Let me push you and see how you do. And then there's other people that are like, uh, no, 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 no. Where's my life jacket? Where's, you know, you know, and it's kind of funny. It is a hundred percent. And, uh, I found out after going through this, I mean, he, he does it to me even now to this day, he'll be like, okay, here's something new. Go try this. (laughs) And I, I flourish in that type of, um, atmosphere in that type of push. Yeah. So for me, it's been great. So I moved up and I was now the manager of the location. And so I did at that time, I did all the service writing, talked with all the customers, plus did all the bookkeeping. So I was, you know, two different roles. I learned very quickly that, um, and I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshole, but uh, that men don't like to talk to women no. if they don't know that you know what you're talking about. They also don't like it even if you do know what you're talking about. Ooh, I, yeah. I, it's not, sorry, not to be like an asshole and, and jump right in on it. I mean, we have a, I have a counterpart that I work with and she has the mechanical background. She was a technician. She did all of that. And there are some men who have worked with her and they appreciate that about her. And then there's other men who refuse to work with her and purely and simple break it down to the psychological side of it i'm sure it's just because they have an ego and she totally ruins their little (laughs) ego and ruins their little world because she'll call them straight on their fucking bullshit and call them right out and i mean she (laughs) she does that even with upper management i applaud her she's one that i sit there and i'm like Go for it. You go, girl. <laughs> like, she she don't take bullshit from anyone at all. Well, and being a woman mechanic, I mean, you have to have tough, tough skin, oh, thick yeah. skin. Because, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know about exactly how you are with your guys at the shop, but my guys can say some pretty mean jokes. And obviously, I let them roll off and I, I can fire right back at them. Yeah. <laughs> but... Sometimes to where they're like, did you really just say that to me? And I'm like, you started, we can keep going. We can keep going. Yeah. It's, you know, through my career, I've had different relationships with different technical groups that I've had. Um, My first group that I had when I first started in the industry, when I was a service writer out in my cute little town and my cute little shop out there in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) um, I could, we could banter all day long and I'd throw shit back at them as quickly as it came towards me. And then mm-hmm. when I moved to his location, to Colton's location. Um, it's the day that everything went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> like at first, I think a lot of them were hesitant of me. 
And then some of them warm up, warmed up to me. Others did not. Mm-hmm. And I'm pointing fingers at my own husband who told me to fuck off one time. <laughs> so, uh, and it's just weird. You know, the last group I had at the deer construction group, we could, we could fucking hack it and we could have a good time. And I mean, we even see some of them still and hang out with some of them still. And we joke and everything. And then I've got some currently where I'm at that I can get along with and others that would probably rather I don't breathe in their direction. Or like the dumbass that <laughs> yeah. said that you look like you eat, ate too much pizza. That, that was not. Yeah, that was a <laughs> smack that fucking guy. That was a, 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 a PSSR that made that comment, not a technician. But yes, some men don't know <laughs> when to just shut up. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But to, I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. I've had texts, <laughs> I've had texts the same way. Who there are some that I just I can go back forth, back forth, back forth, and then there are some that they can dish it out, but they can't necessarily take. Yeah. It. Mm. So, uh huh. Learning personalities. Why is that, Colton? Like, what? What? <laughs> why is it that some men can easily? Why are you asking me? I because don't know. you're the only male on this phone call, so let's use your psychological side of it. The fact that you know, let's go back to the day you met me and the day I slightly became your boss. What about it? <laughs> like how how was that to think that you'd have to report to a female that wasn't doing the stuff that you were doing wasn't report to you i never reported to you <laughs> well whenever your boss was gone i did my own thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i avoided you like the plague yeah. i I don't, yeah. I don't know there's some some big hoo-hahs out there that i don't know they can dish it for sure but they can't take it i know a few like that Sometimes my work wife, I'll jack with him and then like, I'll be doing something. It took and me get, a second because I was like, what female is working with you? And <laughs> then I was like, oh, wait a second. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll talk shit to each other all day. And then like something will happen where I'm in like a shitty mood because of something that happened or somebody I had to fucking deal with. And he'll try to talk shit to me. And I'm just like, look at him. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have a pretty, like, I can tell when you've had a bad day just by your body language when you walk in. And I'm like, mm, we're just uh, going to cook dinner, sit quietly. I'll let you sit and scroll into the depths of YouTube on your phone, and I'll see you later. <laughs> YouTube is dangerous. I get sucked into that shit. That's like your autistic side, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope, I get that. So, I mean... It that part again, not sounding like an asshole, but when I first got put in there, I had some, for lack of better words, grumpy old men yelling at me. And the first time it happened, and this is where I learned I need to have tougher skin. The first time it happened, I, okay, okay, customer's always right. That's instantly where my head went because I yep. worked customer service and he left. I went into the bathroom, bawled my eyes out like a freaking baby and was like, oh, my God, I don't think I can handle this. <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've, realize, I've had some older guys that are like that where they're very tough. And then I've had some older guys that 
I feel like it's because I'm a female and because I'm younger that they're like, oh, hold on, let me make sure you're okay. Let me take care of you and make sure that you understand. And then you've got some of the other guys that are like, fuck right off. Like, go away. Absolutely. 100%. And so he, um, that day was like a huge turning point for me because I was like, I need to know my shit. Like if I'm going to go toe to toe with a man, I need to know. I need to make sure I'm right. And I don't like being wrong. I tell my guys, um, I'm 98% right. You got to leave 2% for human error. Yeah. And I I will, (laughs) they, they giggle and they laugh at it. They're like, there's no way. There's no way. I make sure I make sure I'm right. Just because of what I've gone through in my career, I make sure I'm right before I even say a word, because if I'm not, I don't want to look stupid. You know, so, and I've proven myself this far. And once I got to that point where I built these relationships with these customers and my technicians, mainly the guys who work for me, I need them to trust me as much as I trust them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tenfold. They have to have my back as much as I have their back. Right. So you have to build that rapport, that relationship with them. Cause if you aren't getting along it can end up in tumultuous waters and everyone fighting against each other instead of working for the common goal. Yep. Yeah. I just, I've recently been going through that where it's just some tumultuous water to go through. And it's definitely trying to learn not only like everyone's egos and personalities, but trying to navigate that, especially in today's day and age, like there is so much that's changed from even when I started, what, oh my God. A long time ago. G- 10 years ago. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. I've been doing this for like 10 years, you know, and in the 10 years that I've done it, it's changed immensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you also have a lot of these technicians, like if you're going to, if you're going to talk, if you're not going to let me do what I want, this place is going to hire me down the street. Oh God. You know, I can't stand that fucking ego. Are you guys having that same, you know, cause you're in the Washington area. I'm not going to out where you live specifically, but you're in the Washington area. And I mean, are you guys seeing that demand kind of as well with technician? Cause I feel like here in Texas, we're seeing that maybe a little more than other places, just because of the fact that we do have, such high demand and huge construction projects going and lots of, I mean, demand for technicians around. Um, so there's a huge demand and I'm going to reference Colton's podcast last week, um, with the construction owner from iron Eagle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talks, he talked about on there that there's no loyalty to company anymore. Oh yeah. <laughs> like two years yeah. anymore. Right. So, Um, I don't necessarily get, my techs are very loyal to me, to, to the business, to the company, to the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I haven't had a tech that said, I'm going to walk out the door and go get this. If you don't give me what I want, I haven't had to deal with that yet. Um, what I have had to deal with is for, I had an ad up for a year and I got one application and I paid for this ad Mm. one technician application in a year. And I was like, what the hell? 
ended up hiring the guy. He moved up here from California. Some fucking <laughs> um, Californians. He, he worked at Caterpillar. He worked, I mean, he's got a wealth of knowledge, um, 23 years experience. And one of the things that, you know, gets asked that my shop manager asks is, how do you feel working for a woman? <laughs> and the, the answer is the same. You know, they're all like, oh, I can do it. It's fine. And and they are, for the most part, they're pretty good about it. You know, it's never, it's not been a huge issue with my technicians. Um, I do, I do see the, the toe to toe and they want me to prove myself to them when they're new to see if I know what I'm talking about. And I, or did I just get this because this job just because, you know, cause I know that that's a, that's a thing. I don't want somebody bossing me around that doesn't know what they're talking about or yeah. hasn't been in my shoes or He's making a note because I cleared my throat and I accidentally did it inside inside the mic. She was like, so, uh, uh, <laughs> "Now I gotta leave it in because I was I was writing it down." <laughs> yeah, he was writing it down to edit it out. Now I gotta leave no, it in. That's <laughs> but um, so I have had those uh, those issues um, again. Not necessarily that they're they want me to prove myself to them, and I will tell you. 10 times over. I am not a technician. Yeah. I am the person who can, I can look at how to do the job. I can walk you through a procedure, but if you want me to go in there and do it, it's going to take me 20 times longer <laughs> than it is an actual mechanic. And, uh, I, I mean, I do things. I, I did the rear end in my Jeep. I've had my Jeep since I was 16. It's the only car that I have owned. Yeah. My whole life. Like I still drive it. It's my everyday driver. My husband's like, you need a mom car. And I'm like, fuck your mom car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's a 2000 Jeep Wrangler with a four liter in it. And she's got 327,000 miles on her and she's still tooting along. She's <laughs> no check engine lights, no anything, but the rear end was ate up in her. So <clears throat> I talked to my shop manager um, and I was like, Hey, I'm going to order all this stuff. Can you walk me through how to do it? I want to do it myself. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like a grounding thing for me. Um, like I don't like to toot my own horn and be like, I'm your boss. There's a time and a place for me to say, I'm your boss. There's a time and a place for me to be like, okay, line strong. I'm your boss right now. And then there's times where I, I don't sit there and run around like I'm, top man on the totem pole. Um, so I was like, Hey, will you help me do this? He was like, absolutely. We started at 9am on a Saturday morning. <laughs> I didn't get done until 1am on Sunday morning. <laughs> it took me that long, but it was one of those, I had to reshim that stupid son of a bitch more times than you can <laughs> fucking count four times. I was pulling bearings and reshimming and I was like, I understand your guys' frustration on some of these hard jobs. Obviously, it's not a big diesel truck. I'm not dealing with after treatment systems or anything yeah. like that. But I was getting pissed. That's <laughs> so, I, I had always told my guys when I started, look, I have not physically done your job. I don't know. I said, I can only gather what you guys are going through. I see it through my husband. I've been around it, though, growing up my whole life at this point that... 
I have a, a vague idea and I damn sure could tear something down. Don't ask me to put it back together. Probably I could tear it apart. Don't worry. We'll get it torn down and there'll be shit thrown everywhere and you'll be cursing me as you're trying to. Yes. Mind you, she also drives like this. It's where she doesn't pay attention where we're going, except she picks out landmarks like, Oh, I, I know this place. Oh, yeah. I go that way. So she <laughs> yeah. drives the same way. Yeah. You know what? I am definitely that person where I, you could tell me what street it is, but I'm going to ask you, is there a tree? Is there a <laughs> yeah. boulder or is there like something over there that I'll remember? Cause if not, I am absolutely screwed. So if they took that tree away or something changed, I'd be in huge trouble. We'd be lost. <laughs> and so, I mean, we, we lived here now for forever. And even before that, you know, when we first moved, back out here when I say we first moved back out here. So when I first moved back out here, cause I lived here for a short while and I lived in the Weatherford area, I could still tell myself how to get and drive to the house that I lived at in Weatherford to the grocery store and all that back. But if something's moved, I probably would get lost trying to get there. And I remember driving to the airport the first time from Weatherford and back. And then when we moved here, trying to drive past the airport, I'm like, I don't remember any of this shit. And I know I went this way to get there. Mm. <laughs> She's very frustrating. <laughs> well, it's like I was the gopher last night for my husband. I was telling Colton before we started recording, he was putting a new intake on his Dodge. And so I was the gopher for him. I was hand me this tool, hand me that tool, put that somewhere. Well, <laughs> I call, I don't call things what they're called. I make up my own names and my texts know what those things are. And, but yeah. my husband and I don't work together. So, I mean, we're at home together, but we don't work on shit together. It's not, I hang out with him in the shop and he works on it. Yeah. Well, I'm the gopher last night. And he's like, just set it down somewhere. Just give me the 10 millimeter. I need the 13 millimeter. And I'm like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> That's yeah. When we do when we do home projects, I'm told to normally just not help because I'm less help than I think I'm being or I'm in the way. <laughs> like are trying to help with the AC and you're just getting frustrated with me as I'm trying to ask what to do to help. What do you what do you want me to do? What do you want yeah. me to just get the fuck out of the way? <laughs> yeah. It's a thousand yeah. degrees outside and their air conditioner's not working. Yep. <laughs> My husband's funny. He's like, I need you to look at what we're doing and predict what's gonna happen next. I'm like, my mind doesn't work like that. No. Well, and when we're when we were remodeling our master bathroom, she was like, she had to help, and I was, we were in the closet, and I was trying to leave the sheetrock on the walls and pull the sheetrock off the ceiling because I had to redo some stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, here's how you use the claw hammer. You know, you just try to hit it in there and and pull down. Well, she misses the whole ceiling and just fucking drives that hammer right through the wall. And oh shit. So I had to fucking redo the wall too. <laughs> that, would be, that, would, that would be something I, I would do. I swear Again, it's, it's all good. these ideas. We want to do it. We want to help. We're just not that great at it. <laughs> all with good, all with good intentions, but 
I, I, it makes me realize and understand like when he's doing his job and he'll complain to me about someone like breathing down his neck while he's trying to get something fixed. I'm like, oh God, I'm the at home version of that. Absolutely. We, we were talking and, you know, I go out on my shop floor and I ask my guys, Hey, where are you at? What's the update? Hey, where, how long, you know, all that stuff. And, um, it's, I have some greenhorns, so it is kind of a, I don't babysitting thing just to make sure, Hey, are you going on the right track? I need to update customers X, Y, and Z. So, um, we were talking about that the other night and my husband's like, I freaking, I don't need a babysitter at this point. I'm a veteran. I can get through. Nobody needs to babysit me. And I was like, shit, I babysit everybody on my job. Maybe yeah. I should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, you make a really good point. Cause especially us in our roles, you know, I describe my female counterpart as, um, we always call her like the mother hen. Because she mm-hmm. does have those very mother hen kind of instincts, but she's also one that's going to like light your ass up if, if you're in the wrong. She scares me. <laughs> she uh, She's very, very knowledgeable. She does very good at her job. She's also very mother hen. But, you know, you make a good point because my boss and I were having that discussion not too long ago of when do you learn which ones to babysit which i know they all hate that word because they're all grown adults but there are times where you just look at it and you're like if i don't pay attention to what you're doing lord only knows what the hell's gonna happen with this and then other ones you know you're just like okay go ahead do what you gotta do and yeah i mean (laughs) it's so hard i think I think it's coming to the, like we were talking earlier, you know, I have to trust my guys as much as they trust me. When that new guy comes in, you have that probationary period, but in really in that 90 days, can you figure out that you can trust them all the way, right? Like how many jobs do they get through in 90 days? Some of my guys, it's taken me a year to be able to be like, yep, go do whatever you need to do. Go get whatever you need to get. I don't care. Here's, you know, go pick up parts. Here's company card, right? Um, and then I have other guys who, who are new and green and they're kind of like, why don't you trust me? Why can't I, why are you questioning everything I'm doing? And it's like, because we haven't built that rapport yet that I can say, yep, I trust everything you say, go ahead and do it. You know? So it's, it's building that rapport with your technicians and it's line for sure. So your shop, uh, what do you guys specialize in over there? What kind of stuff are you working uh, on? It's diesel. Um, it's all diesel. Everything from a one ton up to a class eight. Okay. And we do trailers. Um, we do. We don't do a whole lot of stuff off the street. At one point, we were like, "Oh yeah, we'll do both." And then I was nothing against the general public, but everyone's got a sob story, and I don't want to deal with everybody's sob story. Like. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> he's laughing at me. But I mean, if I could help the whole world, I would do it. I would give somebody the shirt off my back. But at the end of the day, I have men with families that need to feed their families. And so I, it's a business. I can't, everybody, I can't give you a, a great deal because I don't even get good deals. Yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, do you run any field trucks or you shop only there? 
Nope. We run field trucks. We have two service trucks. Um, I have a guy who's on call 24 seven. Um, and it rotates, it's a rotating shift so they can get a call at two o'clock in the morning. Um, my shop where I'm located, I I'll go anywhere. It, I mean, you can send me to Missoula, Montana from here and that's <laughs> quite a ways and I'll go. I've we've been on those, those trips. We've been all the way up to Canada. Um, and it's, it's working out great. What I'm trying to tap into, what I'd like to get into is yellow iron for sure. hundred percent, especially in this area. Um, so right now our shop is 5,800 square feet. That's it. Wow. <laughs> wow. It is not big. It is. And we're growing. I've been looking for buildings. I mean, I'm looking for space, but to find space is insane. Right. So for me, it's, um, crazy to see. Cause like I told you guys earlier, when we moved in, we didn't have anything in that shop. So it felt huge. Yeah. <laughs> I have um, five technicians in there, my service manager, my parts guy, my bookkeeper, and I just hired a service writer and then you have me. So there's, and my janitor. So you got 11 of us in a building of 5,800 square feet. <laughs> yeah. And so <clears throat> I, I, this winter, I'm trying to get us into a place. I'm trying to take over my building next door. If I take over that, that's 8,800 square feet with my 5,800 square feet. That'll be plenty of shop space, right? Mm -hmm. You uh, say that now, though. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and that's what I want. I want to keep growing. That's I want to grow. That's all we're, we're trying to do is grow, get into other things, bigger things. Um, when we were talking about finding technicians and technicians saying, Oh, Hey, we're just going to go down. If you're not going to bend to my will type of thing. Um, I went to a conference in Florida back in April, met a bunch of shop owners, um, from all over the country. And I was asking them, how do you guys find your technicians? And like, do you do a deed? Do you do monster zip recruiter, whatever, whatever this one couple who owns a shop and they work on everything. Like they work on yellow iron. They work on everything, generators, uh, blower trucks, all, all types of trades. <clears throat> they were like, no, we, uh, we don't put out ads. And I was like, how do you get your techs? Yeah. Like there's a tech shortage across the nation. They went through their state and started an apprenticeship program through their shop. Okay. So they bring technicians in as apprentices and then their state actually pays them grants for running this apprenticeship through their location. Wow. That's and I'm like, legit. how do I do that? So I'm, <laughs> I'm in the works of figuring out how I do that in Washington state. Um, but they, that's how they get there. So once their guys go through the apprenticeship program, they then become a technician at their location. Wow. That's actually, that's really smart. So should we open yeah. a shop and should we open? No, <laughs> I don't have enough time in my world to try to do that. <laughs> I mean, and either you have lots, you have lots of really good plans. You just don't have a ton of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough time in your world for everything. No, I, I, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's really smart. Cause I mean, where I'm at now, they have a lot of, um, I guess you would call them interns. I think that's what we call them are interns um, that come through the shop. A lot of them do it through their schools, you know, like high schools and stuff like that. And I, I think it's a really great plan and a great idea. 
it just makes me wonder what long-term retention looks like after that. Cause I mean, when I was at deer on the ag side, we had that program too, that worked through, was it Walla Walla? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The school in Walla Walla there for deer. And they would send you, you would go to school, you would do all of that. And then you were required. I think it was five. Was it? I thought it was two years. Two years. Oh, okay. Maybe two years. You're required know. to work for the company for at least two years. Let's say two. Cause yeah. I thought it was five. Well, how about this? Let's split it up two and a half years. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, that you were required to come work for them. Um, to fulfill your, I guess, payment to them for sending you to school. But I mean, you also got paid on top of it. So it wasn't like you were just there slaving away for free, but it, it seemed like the kids that went through and did that program, they did their two and a half years. <laughs> they did their two and a half years. And a lot of them left after that, or they moved into a whole different role that was no longer technical. Yeah. I've seen that. So, Which is crazy. Like, and I don't know how it is down there in Texas, but like <clears throat> up here where I live, they have gotten rid of a lot of those shop classes in high school. Like it's not talked about. And, um, <clears throat> I got into a conversation <laughs> with a buddy <laughs> of mine who was like, I'm sending my kids to college. And I said, I am pushing my kids to the trades because yeah. I know more tradesmen who make a hell of a lot more money than somebody who graduated with a college degree and is in loads and loads of debt. <clears throat> uh, not going to do that to my kids. I mean, if they want to go to be a nurse, doctor, lawyer, there is a reason for college. But if my kid sat me down and was like, mom, I'm going for a business degree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can pay for it. I'm not helping you at that yeah. point. Like, what? Go go to the real world and be in the business. Um, it's it's trades. Obviously, everybody knows trades are dying around the country. Like, it's in every trade. Yeah. Um, my husband, he's a tradesman. He's a journeyman iron worker, journeyman millwright, welder. He can. He's the whole package. I really lucked out with that one. <laughs> Um, like I said, he can install stoves at this point, like, <laughs> yeah. but like, you just don't, kids don't get this opportunity anymore. They don't even think about it because it's always college, 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 college Yeah, that it, they only know about the trades and they know how to get into them if they've grown up around them. That's, I mean, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Think about it. The kids that are actually coming back into the trades, a lot of them aren't, a lot of them are not children or kids or teens or adults, you know, that were not raised around it. If they had mm -hmm. never had experience of it, a lot of them aren't even going to want to take that chance. And I think that's yeah. probably where the industry needs to go of how do we get the people that have not been raised around it not experienced it into it because you're so right there there's been a huge influx of college is the only way to go i went to college <laughs> i'm not doing anything that my degree says i'm doing i mean let's just say you know her and i talk about situations sometimes she goes i went to college yeah like she's smart or something <laughs> 
I'm like, bitch, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, the sad, <laughs> the saddest part is, you know, I, I went to college. I did the whole, you know, granted, when I originally went to college, my plan was to be a veterinarian and... Yeah, I took a biology to I, I took a biology class that absolutely whooped my fucking ass and my bright my bright ass was like, how much harder is college biology versus high school biology? It can't be that much harder. It's biology, right? Whew. That was a beating. <laughs> but and then I changed mine to a business degree. <laughs> it was a livestock business management with a specialization in equine and cattle. And then I had a minor in pre-law and my plan was to go be a lawyer, go be an environmental lawyer for water policy because we lived in California at the time. And water is a huge, uh, huge topic of discussion there all the time. And I was like, hell yeah, that sounds great. And I didn't, as you can tell, I never fulfilled that and finalized that and now I work in a in a trade that I would have never in my life thought of as a career or thought that that's what my life would look like. And I mean, we've had conversations even just about, you know, um, our teenager and he expresses zero interest in college, which we're OK with that. I, I mean, I, I don't think his mom would be a fan of that. His mom's probably on the. I don't give a shit. <laughs> his mom's probably on the, <laughs> you know, he needs to go to college thing. And I, I mean, I'm okay with the, as long as he's successful and he's talked about wanting to be a electrician and like that interests mm-hmm. him. And I mean, the child is wicked smart. He will assemble things. He loves playing with all the technical kind of like, brain game kind of toys that make him have to think and well yesterday you were taking a nap like always yeah <clears> and right. he comes to me like dad i made this grenade out of legos yeah oh my god the and legos. It, literally you throw it and it's got rubber bands in it and the little handle flips up slowly and it shoots legos everywhere and i'm like how the what? fuck did you think of yes. this yes it like flings apart. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm pretty sure if, if the FBI is listening to this, please don't it was come. It's Legos. just Lego toys. <laughs> please. We don't have a bomb builder in our house. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have the CIA beating down our door now. <laughs> like, uh, well, that's, that's another question for you guys, because like on my side, listening to that story sounds like, Oh, engineer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's, Using his mind to build things. Yeah. I wish, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I wish that more companies would take their field technicians and promote them up to an engineering side. These men have worked (laughs) on the, they've cussed these sensors. Why the hell would you have to fucking put this shit back here? I can't even get a rent on that bitch. Like now I have to take all this shit off. Why would you not want to promote these guys Nobody wants to be a field tech their whole life. I mean, let's be real, right? Nobody wants to be wrenching their whole life. It's hard on your body. Yeah. Um, so how do we promote people to other opportunities? Because, I mean, realistically, nobody's going to retire before, what, 66 is the retirement age oh, now, God. I think? Don't say that. No, 80. I mean, <laughs> 80. Yeah. you know, investing and doing all that stuff, not that people can't, but nobody wants to be a field tech till they're 66 years old. Yeah. 
at what point do, I mean, there's a lot of companies who don't promote within. Why would you not take that field tech who's been working on this stuff, let's say 15, 20 years and say, okay, how can we make this design better? How can we improve this better? Yeah, they don't have an engineering degree, but they have more time on that machine or within that engine bay than any engineer ever has. Yeah. Like, why are we not trying to change that and help people grow that way in the industry. You know what I mean? I think that's a really good question. I mean, I'll, I'll say quickly. Well, I've got the, the answer to I that. I know you have the answer to it's that. It's because you're too valuable in the field. Yes. You're I, too valuable as a mechanic. And that's, that's the sad part is there is, there is management. I mean, he's, he's flat out seen it himself at firsthand for everything because that is a conversation he had had with a manager of his. And I mean, not just like his direct report, but like a upper management holds a lot of sway at the deer dealership he was at that flat out told him that, you know, cause it's cause he's good at sucking dick. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, they had always had this discussions. We were always taught to have the discussions of what does your future look like here within this company? What do you hope to have for yourself to do in five, 10, 15, you know, blah, blah, blah years. And, you know, when he had expressed that he enjoys teaching other individuals <clears throat> how to do this job and that a training role sounds great to him. I mean, instead of even like appeasing him and saying like, yeah, that, that, you know, we could probably work towards that. I mean, they flat shut him down and said, that's never going to happen. You're too valuable in your role. And that, that is an individual who is on the other side of his, that has to have conversations with technicians like that. I mean, I stress every time I sit and talk with my technicians during a review or a one-on-one or whatever that, let's be real, you're not doing this your whole life. I mean, if you intend to, cool, you're built differently, that's fine, you enjoy it. But at the same time, what does your future look like here? I mean, and I think that's a conversation some companies are starting to have. Um, I'll only speak for my company because... I can see small changes happening within that, including the fact that, you know, we took one of our senior technicians who was probably one of our top technicians within the company, within our region, and they pulled him, we'll say out of the technical role. He's still working as a technician, but he's working as a mentor for the company. Mm -hmm. So they stuck him in a, I think he's in a F two fifty or something like that. I don't know. They stuck him in that, give him limited tools. And he drives around to go help out all of not only new hires, young technicians, he'll still go even help some of our senior techs. Cause obviously they're going to go run into issues and go, Oh crap, I'm stuck. I need a second set of eyes. And Mm -hmm. the company takes that expense and eats it. They're not making money off of him. He's still getting paid what his technical role was. And I think that that really needs to be a discussion because there is a mass amount of technicians who are starting to, I know the inappropriate HR term, they're starting to age out. And 100%. There's that generational gap. mm -hmm, And And we're not seeing the quality of young individuals jumping into this role and 
quality is probably a bad word because, you know, you don't want to say that someone doesn't have the capabilities, but we've had between now and the first of this year, we've interviewed so many technicians where I just sit there and I go, I, I see the potential, but my God, there's so much you're going to have to chip away to get at it. And how much are you willing to invest to do it? And how much, you know, and we've had that discussion of how do you hire someone and make them ready for a field technician role? Cause that's my world is field technician. So obviously taking a field tech, you want to be able to take them, throw them straight in a truck and go. And yep. that's hard now because there's not people who have done that, that are jumping and beating down your door to come do it. Um, and that, I think some of that too, though, goes to the school system, right? Because they, nobody talks about the trades. The trades don't even talk about the trades. Like yeah. it's starting to come up more and more now, again, because people are starting to age out, right? And it's like, oh, there's a scarcity. But there's, when there's job fairs, stuff like that, because juniors and seniors, they have those at the schools. Why aren't the trades being invited? Why aren't, you know, I don't know if you guys are union or not, but union should be going there. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, you know, but we're not options. a union state. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a work to write state. So unions are not allowed here. Um, and I, I agree there needs to be more. And I, I do think it is, I do think it is based off of where you're at. I know here in Texas that there does seem to be more involvement with schools from a lot of, you know, uh, construction equipment sides, like the big deer and cat dealerships and stuff like that. Like there's a little bit more involvement in the schools. There's some in the Midwest. It seems like I think it's really sounds bad. A lot of the West Coast and the East Coast based states that really push the colleges and Let's just, I know you don't want to talk politics. We're not going to talk politics. But if you take. Damn libtards. If you take like an election map and you look at the states that primarily vote red, blue, you know, or the ones that even flip flop, look at that and look at what they're producing. A lot of that is going to be colleges for blue states because that's what's the narrative that's been pushed is a blue state tends to have more. Yeah, because they want them to pay for their fucking schooling. Yeah, that, yeah. We, we were just having that discussion not that long ago because my, my student loans are getting turned back on in freaking October or something like that. And the thing that we were talking about is the fact that during COVID and all that time, or the spicy cough or whatever you want to call it, when I tried to continue paying on my student loans, they would not accept my payments because it wasn't occurring interest. And it was the most fucked up situation because I would send payments and they would come back to my bank account. And I was like, what the, f you know, but sorry, we got off track there. But I think when you when you look at that kind of stuff, it, it really is state based. And yes, there's more discussions happening now since we're not seeing that come back where we're not having a lot of people in the interest. But I think we're we're way, <clears throat> way behind the eight ball on that one. And mm -hmm. my coworker and I were just having a discussion the other day when I was sitting there with him talking and we were talking about the UPS uh, union and all the pay and everything. And, 
you know, I looked at him and I said, man, if they're making $170,000 a year to drive a UPS truck, that includes benefits, pay, everything. I said, I could fucking sweat my ass off for $170,000 a year. Fuck yeah, I could. They're really paying that yeah, much. That's, when when we were talking about that last night. Yeah, when it's broken down, how much when you calculate for pay benefits and <clears throat> there was one other thing I can't remember, but pay and benefits. When you calculated that all, put it together, it calculates out to about one hundred seventy thousand dollars a year. Could you imagine how nice my legs could be if I was a UPS driver? <laughs> But I mean, like they were saying like an average pay for a full-time UPS driver was about $43 an hour. That's average pay. Yeah. And then part-time was like, part-time was like $23 an hour, I think, you know, and it, it kind of made you sit there and think and go, okay, a UPS driver who drives around, yes, it's not in air conditioning. A yes, fucking it's, toaster. It's a lot of work some days, especially during the holidays, but they're driving. There's not a huge physical demand on their body. But you got to jump fences and deal with dogs biting you. <laughs> to, to a point, yes, I'm sure there is some people. hazard into it, but think about it. Let's just say on the grand scheme of things, you work overtime throughout your whole life and you average $110,000 a year. Okay. Been there. (laughs) But the strain that goes on your body to have made that $110,000 versus a UPS driver at $170,000, 60 grand more than you, and they did not beat the shit out of their body. Which one are you going to choose? Something just UPS not, driver. Fuck yeah. Through and through. Put me in the truck. I'll sweat. <laughs> I feel like something's not mathing right there, though. No, I mean, that's what they broke it down. And then if you watch the world of TikTok, because I was the same way of something's not math and it doesn't make sense. You know, there are UPS drivers that say, look, I've only been here for about two years and I make 90000 right now and blah, blah, blah. And all I thought was. Okay, <laughs> like I think, I think the trades are going to have to do a huge reevaluation to sound appealing to an individual that has. Hey, if you go to college and you work in IT and you can make six figures a year, I mean, yeah, I could see that being way more appealing to our younger generation that's grown up with phones and tablets and and all that kind of stuff and did not grow upside out grow up outside oh my god grow up outside you know picking flowers or doing yard work or shit like that they spent time in front of a playstation yeah well and that's like part of the reason my husband and i moved is we were able to get property and that was a huge bonus for us like we want our kids outside we want them rolling in the dirt playing in the dirt doing all of those things working with their hands using their imaginations like working their brain muscle And, um, so we got five acres where we're at and which has been wonderful. They ride their quads. We have a little track out back and it, it works out great. They're able to get outdoors. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that there's techie things. We're in a small town outside of a big town. Yeah. (laughs) And so you would think, I thought, Oh, Hey, we're in a small town. This school I'm from, I graduated from a teeny tiny town, 2000 people in Idaho. Yeah. That's where I graduated from. We had wood shop. We had all the shops that you could 
think of. And so I was like, oh, small town. They're going to have wood. They're going to have automotive. They're going to have in the high school. Nope. Wrong. Not there. Like they do have, I don't know what that is, like a skill center, I think. Um, But it gears more towards like dental hygiene and CNA. And it's not, there's no gear towards the trades. Yeah. And it's, I don't know where that changed because when we had skill center and stuff, they had welding. You can go in, you can go weld. There's the fire department stuff. There was, I mean, there was everything. So when you graduated high school, you had some sort of experience to be able to apply at an entry level position within that field. And they don't, I, you can't find that. It's the, hard yeah. to find, at least in my area. At the end of the day, I think it down, it boils down strictly to m- money. And not just money being put into the schools to do it, but how much money can you make doing it? And yeah, I think that's the discussion that has to change. And I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, especially at my level of how much are you going to pay someone to do this job? And I know my boss, my boss and I have had a lot of discussions about it and he's struggled with it because he's, he's more of the old school, you know, we used to do machine rebuilds, blah, 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 in the field, all this kind of stuff. And the the generation now is like, fuck it. If I got a shop, send that bitch to the fucking shop. I ain't doing this out here, you know? And <laughs> and <laughs> some of it I understand. Other sides of it, I'm like, hey, fuck it. You can swing an engine in the field. You're fine. You're going to be okay. You know? Um, yeah. But I... I was just going to add on to that. Like, I want to do stuff like that in the field, but the boss is like, mm, no, no, you're not pulling ahead. You're not going to do an engine. We're going to take it to the shop where it's clean atmosphere. Well, that part like, I agree with. But I've pulled pumps, you know, I've done all that shit, pulled cab in the field. There are some things I some agree things. with. Yeah, there's some times where, like, we will, like, my guys will assess the situation depending on where they're at. And be like, hey, this is going to be a lot faster, which means a lot cheaper for the customer if it's just taken to the shop, right? So that in our area has turned into a, hey, let's look out for our customer a little bit and not rape them on charges doing Mm -hmm. it out in the field. How can we get it to the shop and, you know, kind of help them out a little bit in a sense? Yeah. So I guess- What's going to be more efficient? I guess to kind of like swing topics here about a bit on you- um, you know, because we were kind of, the question here that you had, it's okay. Don't worry about the sounds. We have, I mean, thankfully our dogs are being very quiet right now, shockingly. <laughs> uh, my daughter walking out the door. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like you had to put some good questions about, you know, people trying to make the blue collar work. And I think we've kind of discussed that a little bit. But also, you know, being another female in this role. what What is something that if you could just tell every male that sees you in this role as a female, like what is something that you wish that you could tell them and get them to understand? Cause I'm sure I understand it being another fellow female, but men don't always, I think, understand it. Let oh. me, let me mansplain this to you guys. Yeah. You don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> 
get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. yeah. No, no, fair, true. I Like, I'm sure everyone's heard the story about me when I started here about when I worked at Deer and the guy on the phone asking me why I was working and what was wrong with my husband and why I was working in this trade and all that kind of stuff. Bitch got horses. <laughs> got dents. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really good question, but I think that like on, I don't even know. I feel like there's so much to say on that. I would say that shit, this is a, <laughs> this is a loaded question. Um, just, just go ahead to say at this point, I mean, I've said some things on here that I'm sure people are like the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say that uh, I don't even know where to start. I have so much going through my head right now that I mean, my guys, one of the things that I have to explain to my guys is they get really pissed off if a customer only wants them to half ass the work, right? They don't want everything done. They just want this done. And they they don't mean to come at me in a way but they come at me sideways and they're like, why the fuck would they fix this, but not fix fucking that? They're just going to have problems down the road and this is fucking stupid. Da, 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 da. And I have to go in and kind of be that median person and say, look, we can only do X, Y, and Z and you're just going to have to get over it, which is hard, you know, because the they go in and you hear techs talk all the time. Like when they're doing something, any, any tradesperson, when they're doing something, they go to fix it. And then it's all better all the way done. Like it's a sense of gratification. Like, Hey, I fixed that. It's fucking running. It's badass. Go get on with your bad self. Uh, if it's not fixed all the way, they're sitting there like pondering in their minds. Like if they would have just let me fucking change this and do this. And why the fuck would you not take care yeah. of your car? maintenance, your rig maintenance, this like it's, that is the one thing is they have to, understand that they can't fix it all. It, it has to be based on what that customer wants, right? So they have to get into the mentality of, sorry, this is all you can do. Yeah. And again, I've, my guys get so pissed at that. So pissed at that. Yeah. I've and I don't thought... know, that's probably the hardest thing that I have to deal with in my spot is them being like, this they're just going to ruin it even more. It's going to be worse. It's going to cost them more money since they're not fixing it now the right way. That's their problem though. <clears throat> yeah, that's a that's def I've got some technicians that I mean, I have one technician I've I've had to talk to and I said I I know I know your intentions. I know why you're doing it and I get it. But you know, when we've quoted this customer that we're going to do it this way and then this is how much it's going to cost and you've thrown three or four thousand dollars worth more of parts at this because yes technically that's probably how cat would like it repaired and that yes that's probably how it should be we have shown in history's past that we can do it this way get away with it and get the same longevity out of it and so mm -hmm. you know it, it is i I, I get it because there's some, I have some technicians that are like, but we're missing all these other things and this isn't going to be right and it's not going to be done. And I've got other techs that are like, band-aid, cool, 
cool. It runs. <laughs> like yeah. I carry a lot of them band-aids on my service truck. <laughs> yeah, like fuck it, let's go. Is it still blowing black I mean, smoke? Yeah. Field techs, that there's a lot to being a field tech because you have to think on the spot sometimes. Like you're not gonna have everything with you on the truck and you're looking at how can I make this fucking run right now? Because parts are out for two weeks or whatever, but let me band-aid fix it. So the customer's going yeah. for at least a little bit while we're waiting for the proper repair. Right. So exactly. field teching is a whole different ball game than being in a shop. You don't have, uh, I don't know about how Wi-Fi and stuff is in your guys's area, but in the boondocks up here where you got all these trees and shit, you don't have service everywhere. So you don't have access to a computer to, all like the programs we use in the shop, you don't have all of that. Mm -hmm. So you're either mechanically inclined and can think really well on your feet and know how, how something's supposed to work. So how can I make it work? Or you're not, and you're, you can't be a field tech at that point because you rely so much on technology. And I think that's part of the lost trade in mechanics is they don't, they're not teaching that they're not teaching. You just have to know how something works. I can't do that. I can look at something and be like, cool, that's an engine. Yeah. I kind of know how it works. I kind of know how oil flows. <laughs> that through. One's I red. Know. Yeah. Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But taking apart and disassembling out in the field, you have to have some sort of voodoo magic in your brain to be able to keep all that together without having a procedure book, without having all the steps, A, B, C, D, you know? And so I, don't, I mean, what is it you say if people call you and ask you a question? You're like, hold on, let me get my um, um, crystal ball. Thank you. Yeah. Got to make sure it's charged up. <laughs> yeah. You know, call and ask questions. Let me check my crystal ball. And I mean, it, that <clears throat> it, it is true. The dynamic versus a shop tech versus a field tech. But I think I think that's why at the end of the day, when you are hiring for a field technician's your expectations are so much higher because we're going to throw you into some situations that you're damn sure not going to see at a shop. I mean, we had, you had, you've had ostriches working around you. You've had deer and, you know, giraffes giraffes and stuff. And you're not going to see that in a shop. So obviously you got to be capable to think on your toes, but no, I, I know we're running out of time here. We got to close things up. So yeah, I know because I got to run to run to my appointment that I stupidly made on a Saturday. Who in makes town. a fucking appointment at noon on a Saturday? <laughs> Me, <laughs> and I feel bad because I moved it on her like three times today, or not today, but three times so far. <laughs> so if you uh, don't mind, we we're gonna have to close this thing out. You know, get everything moving. No, absolutely. This has been fun. I mean, that time flew by just like that. I mean, you're super knowledgeable. Yeah. And well-spoken compared to a lot of the guests on here. You so, stupids. So <laughs> here, I'll, I'll wrap this up. If there is one thing that you could leave us as being a female in this role, you know, what would you leave for other females that might be looking into doing this? <laughs> um... I would, I mean, gain as much knowledge as you can. You don't have to be a technician to be in this role. Um, it, it does take a lot of research and a lot of time. And if you're willing to put in the time behind it, I guess, the, for lack of better words, the grit behind it, right? 
and anything you want to be good at. You have to just balls to the wall and go for it. And if you don't, if you don't want to do it and you don't take the time to learn about what you're talking about and about what these guys are actually doing, you're not going to make it. They're going to look at you like you're stupid because you're not, you don't give a shit. Oh, I'm just here. I'm just going to write up your notes. But if you don't, I don't know how many times I've gone over service writing and I've had to go talk to the technician and be like, yo, you need to explain this to me better because I'm not understanding, which means this customer is not going to understand. I've had those conversations that I do know how after treatment systems work. I do know what needs to go in for, <laughs> for coolant uh, pressure testing. I do know I've learned all of these procedures just having those conversations. But I've also seen people who are service writers who don't have those conversations. So you talk to them and they're like, uh, let me go get a technician for you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and that's not when you're a service writer, people are calling and talking to you and you're supposed to be knowledgeable on it too. You're t you can't pull a tech off a job to talk to a customer every time they call. Yeah. They're not going to get anything done. Like there's, there's reasons we have service writers, parts people. If a tech had to do it all, there's no way he'd ever get anything accomplished. Yeah. Hmm. So being a woman and in this industry, obviously you need to have thick skin and you need to be able to keep learning as much as these guys are learning when they're on the job. Yeah. <sighs> That's perfect. I like that advice. You the woman. <laughs> you the woman. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah, let's close this thing out. It was fun. I uh, I kind of like just sitting back and listening. Going to end up on every podcast guys, yeah. episode Thanks now. Thanks for joining the Certified Wrench with Kate McCormack and her co-host <laughs> Colton McCormack. <laughs> I'm sure all of them it. are going to be... a great podcast. I'm sure well, all of them you. are going to be very bored, though. So. Uh, maybe. Shit. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how it goes, you know, because <laughs> it's a different dynamic. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's thank been fun. You, and uh, taking the yeah, time Yeah, thank out you guys for having me. Definitely. And uh, we'll definitely have to have her on again, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. When I don't make noon appointments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anytime you guys want to, I'm around. <laughs> All right. Sweet. If you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. Check out all the social media pages under the Certified Wrench Podcast name. Listen, guys, so with me expanding the podcast, you know, I just bought some new cameras. Uh, we're trying to take take the podcast more to YouTube, you know, make build the YouTube channel. I also am, you know, like I talked about in the beginning, wanting to do more lives and stuff. And the, the stuff costs money. You know, these cameras aren't cheap. The software is not cheap, you know. With that being said, you know, I do have a donations link under PayPal under the Linktree link. If you guys can, you know, help contribute to the podcast, because I just want to build this thing. I want to make this thing better. Um, I'm doing some boosts on Instagram to try to build the Instagram page. You name it. I want to make this thing big. I want it to take off. So with that being said, I'm not begging for your money. You know, I, I, like I said, it's just it costs money and it's all coming out of pocket at this point. Also, I want to give a, a big shout out to Joe Cash, and he made a huge donation towards the podcast, and I highly appreciate it. Also, uh, Don Cincy, I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. You know, 
whether it's a dollar or as in Joe Cashin's case, $250, <laughs> dude, you're wild. I appreciate it so much. Um, you know, these cameras cost me a lot of money and, uh, that helps out a ton. Anyways, you know, we're changing the, the format of the podcast a little bit. Nothing's changing. You know, we're going to do the same thing. I just want to bring more into it, expand this thing, build it bigger. I want to take down my boy. You know who I'm talking about. I always talk about him. He don't work in construction, but he has a podcast built on construction. Enough about that. I appreciate you guys so much. You know, this thing's blown up like crazy the past few months, and uh, it's all to you guys. So if you could go over to whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on, rate, review, follow, share, all that good stuff. Uh, Merch line's out there under the Linktree link. I think that's it. Until next time, I appreciate it, y'all. We'll see you.